Hey, welcome to the best 49ers post-camp show. Grant Cohn, Ryan Hensley, I was there today. I'm sweaty. I've been to Santa Clara five straight days. I get the day off tomorrow. Um, let's recap what happened today and what happened the first four days of camp. Um, and before we get into like the minutia of the day, I want to take a step back and revisit what Nick Bosa said about Trey Lance yesterday. When Bosa talks, he talks in the very like, laid back surfer way that you sometimes don't even pick up what he's saying, right. but it generated headlines. He was talking about what he expects from Trey Lance because Nick Bosa has expectations. So let's listen to it. Sid is always the same as a defense, but I think he's in a, probably the best position you could be in as a, um, a first year quarterback with a defense um, like us and uh, a good O-line and a bunch of weapons, IU, Debo, and, and uh, George, and everybody else. Um, so he's got all the help. He just needs to, um, I mean, I'm not going to give him advice. Like, I'm the QB coach. But I think if he doesn't make big mistakes, then we're going to be in good shape. OK, um, what did you think of what Nick Bosa said in those 30 seconds? Well, first of all, I had to go back and watch it because honestly, I tune out for Nick Bosa. He's like, he's got this Keanu Reeves and Point Break vibe to him. It's like, it's like it's super boring. You know, one of the yeah. best players is one of the worst interviewers on the team. But, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of weak. That, to be honest, you, you need to be empowering the young rookie quarterback, you know, to say that basically if we don't do well this year, it's, it's on Trey Lance because everything else is solid. It just adds to the pressure. It's, it's probably not the smartest thing that he could have said in that moment. Um, and I wish it was more encouraging to say, you know, Trey Lance goes out there and, and just plays like he can. Like, we all know he can. We're going to be great. You know, something like that. Yeah, he should have just stopped when he said, I'm not his quarterback coach. I don't want to give him advice. Yeah, that was stop right there. Because what yeah. you said after that essentially was the team is good. If If anything goes wrong this year, it's because Trey Lance is making mistakes. I don't know if he meant it that way, but that's exactly what he said. And what he's basically doing is telling the writers, us, all of us, here's here's the deal this year. It's all about Trey. The magnifying glass, you thought you were analyzing Trey closely before, dial it up times 10. Because that's what it's all about. He said we have a good offensive line, a word. There's a new offensive line every day. There's a new configuration every day. We're going to talk about that. They may have a good offensive line. They're searching for their offensive line. I think it was it reminded me of the kind of stuff the Ravens would say 20 years ago when I was a kid uh, about Dilfer. Basically, like, we're great. As long as that bum can stop making mistakes, we'll win. And it's like you can't – you really can't – I mean, I know they won a Super Bowl, but it's hard to have sustained success when you were um, not all in with your quarterback, when your attitude is, you know, it's – if we lose, it's your fault, and if we win, it's because of us. And I guess this has been a symptom in the Niners' culture for a long time. I mean, pretty much the entire Jimmy G era, even though they like him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think all of us as fans, as writers, everybody, you know, we all kind of know what the question marks are. It's the offensive line and it's Trey Lance. And there's plenty of people talking about that online. You don't expect to hear it from a teammate, especially a leader like Nick Bosa. Yeah, if I were his coach, I'd be pissed. You know, I would think if he were on the Patriots, and he said something like this, and Trey Lance was their quarterback, probably Bill Belichick privately would say, Nick, do your job. That's all you yeah. got to do. Okay. You don't need to talk about our quarterback and what he needs to do and your expectations. I'm the coach. You're the defensive end. 
I mean, that's football. I don't, right. I don't really like this part of the Niners culture where certain players are allowed to talk like they're John Lynch. And it's not just Bosa. It's a lot of first-round picks that just have this whole soliloquy, soliloquy about what's going on with the team. Man, just – it's football. Do your job. It's not your place to put more pressure on Trey Lance because Nick has none. Every, Nick and Trey, Trent Williams have no pressure. They're the greatest. Help this guy out by taking the pressure off of Lance. Not saying, yeah, man, he's in the best situation a, a first-year starter's ever been in. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Nick. I mean, it's right. giving basically a directive to all writers being like, if again, it's all, if anything goes wrong. Plus, it's, it's the negative speak. When when you're a lead, when you're a leader, you're, you're taught. You know, I've been a manager, I've had my own real estate brokerage, I've been coach. You're taught not to speak negatively. Like you can say the same thing, but in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's young. Um, and again, he kind of reminds me of Counter Reeves a little bit. Right. But um, right. ho so hopefully, he'll learn. Because what he said was negative. It's yeah. not like he has to what, – what, what was your suggestion? Just as long as he does what we know he can do. Yeah, let's just go out there and do what we know you can do. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, that's a positive thing to say. Be yourself. Yeah. As long as he's himself, we'll be fine. What he said was don't mess up. That's don't a negative. A yeah. It really yeah. doesn't matter how much – how talented he is, who he is. As long as he doesn't screw this up for us, we'll be right. good. He could be mediocre. As long as he does so – basically saying, hey, just be Trent Dilfer. Just be Jimmy. Although right. Jimmy – Often makes right. mistakes. To me, it was kind of like, like don't be Jimmy. That's kind of what it sounded like yeah. a, a little bit to me. Don't is, be Jimmy. Uh, you know, or not don't be Jimmy, be Jimmy. It's kind of I feel like Nick Bosa is kind of a Jimmy type guy. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but it just kind of felt like it almost and maybe he didn't mean this at all in any way. Maybe I'm just jumping to conclusions, but it's almost like, you know, if we had Jimmy, you know, we're going all the way. So we got Trey Lance. If he just doesn't mess up. And we'll be okay. You know, I, I don't know. I didn't like the comment. Me neither. Uh, do better, Nick. Maurice says he never said that for Jimmy. It was always team first. They would fight us uh, to defend Jimmy. Now the team is hanging him out there. I don't know. I, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And I want to talk about it first. All right. Let's talk about what's going on in training camp. Trey Lance has thrown a pick three days in a row. Um, two to a safety. Two to safeties, one to linebackers over the middle stuff. Uh, not seeing coverage stuff, staring down, receiving. Today, though, he had four big-time throws down the field. I mean, to me, I'm not concerned about Trey Lance. I mean, what the way I would put it is I'm still 100% confident that he's the best quarterback on the team better than Jimmy. They still upgraded at, at quarterback. If Jimmy was here, he'd be doing – I've seen Jimmy do this stuff over and over and over again. So Trey, he'll, he will – he's had – he's going to have to learn – how to not hit safeties and linebackers over the middle because there's a lot of passes over the middle in this offense. But he's also – you see him creating off script. It's not there. He steps up and through scrambles uh, or or throws. That's not – that was never in the offense before. And the downfield throws. I really think that even though there's going to be um, inconsistency, he's a step up. I don't know if he'll be worth the trade, but I do think the Niners upgraded at quarterback. I don't know if they upgraded at left guard and center. They may have. Maybe. But they upgraded a quarterback. That's why I'm, I'm not concerned about Trey at this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned either. Um, I don't think it's fair to evaluate a quarterback. I mean, at least give him let's give him half a season before we see where he's at. Now, if he was out there just completely awful, looked like he's not a NFL quarterback, that's one thing. But uh, he obviously does. We've seen what he can do in games. Let's give him half a season, then we can kind of evaluate. I don't even think half a season is enough to really see where Trey Lance is going to be. But I think halfway through the season, we'll kind of have a a little bit of a feel for, for who the guy is. 
Uh, and you really can't judge rookies until after, you know, their second or third season, in all honesty. So we got a long way to go before we write him off. Um, I thought it was hilarious what uh, Colin Cowherd uh, has been doing. And, and I know he, he shouted you out on, uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, I thought it was funny is he called you uh, Trey Lance's biggest defender. You know, and I've been watching for a long time. I, I really don't remember seeing you defend Trey Lance at all. It was really just about you know, telling the Niners that it's time to move on from, from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the way I looked at it. I, I, the furthest I've ever gone is to say that he's the best quarterback on the team and was last year. That's not saying that he's Patrick Mahomes or that he's going to be a pro bowler this year. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure that moving up to number three was the right move. I'm not sure it wasn't though. We'll see. Um, but I'm. let me just be real clear. When Cowherd talks about Trey, it's always about his accuracy and his arm fitness, basically his arm his strength, his, all of it. I'm not concerned about his arm. He misses throws sometimes, but today he was eight of 15 with two drops. That's 10 to 15. That's very accurate. To me, he's essentially accurate enough, maybe even more than that. The issue is so far in camp is the picks. Yeah. He didn't do this in college. And part of what he's supposed to do is not do this now. And Bosa just put it out there. As long as he doesn't do this, he should be fine. I guess. Let's see if he learns from it. Jimmy never did. And there's another thing I want to point out. Maybe this is a symptom of Kyle Shanahan's offenses. We always put it on Jimmy. But if you go back and look through the 15 years of Kyle calling plays, his offenses tend to rank rank high in interception percentage. Maybe it's a function of his scheme. I don't know. Well, you know, I also wonder, you know, you touched on it. There's no pads. We'll see more on Monday um, how everybody's looking because it's a lot easier to block when you can get yes. up under somebody's pads. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. Hopefully we'll get Debo back. You know, the other thing is it is training camp. So there's a huge possibility that Trey Lance is being told to push it, see what you can do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no wins or losses here. It's not going on your record. Um, it's, it's practice. So we don't know. You know, maybe he's pushing it, trying to see what his capabilities are. Um, there's a lot to still be discovered yet. I'm, I'm not worried in the least. Yeah. I mean, I think it's he's so green. He has to learn what to do and what not to do. But Kyle also has to learn what to call and what not to call and how to feature his strengths. He figured that out with Jimmy eventually. And yeah. I think with Trey, what I see is he's really, really good at throwing outside the numbers and down the field. Really good at it. Confident, wants to do it. Kyle knows that. It's going to be a big part of the offense. Debo's not here right now. So they're focusing a lot on the stuff over the middle, the stuff that Jimmy's good at, the 15-yard in route, uh, the slants, the, uh, the the seam stuff, and that's where he's getting intercepted. The throws over the middle. We always knew that was going to be the toughest stuff for Trey Lance because that requires timing, touch, anticipation, all that stuff. Sometimes he does it well. Sometimes he doesn't. He'll get a, a month to practice on it, and if he improves, it'll be a, a big part of the offense. If not, they're not going to call it. All right. So, I mean, Kyle's figuring it out. I think if he's good, and I think he is, he'll be he'll be able to – work around this stuff in the regular season. Yeah. You know, that's going to take time, just like it's going to take time for Trey Lance to adjust to the NFL and being a starter and all that good stuff. It's going to take Kyle some time to adjust to calling plays for Trey Lance. So there's still a lot of growth to, to take place. I mean, hopefully they can start off quick. If they don't go two and zero, um, season is going to be a little, I mean, those first two games are very important. So hopefully they can figure stuff out enough to, to win those first two games this year. Um, and then as they go, uh, progress and, and get better. Um, that's kind of my my hope is that they start off 2-0 because if they lose those two games, their schedule just gets tougher from there. 
here's why I put Lance in the good section, not the not so good section today, despite throwing an interception. Interceptions are are bad, but he was they didn't put him in the red zone. He couldn't offset it with touchdowns. He offset it with big plays. He had a throw to uh, Kittle, who was running stride for stride with Moore. He wasn't really open. Threw it with touch over his shoulder, hit him. There was like no window for it. Great throw. Then there was Ayuk running a corner route against Traverius Ward. Not a big window there. Uh, Lance threw the ball before Ward made his break. He was 25 yards down the field and hit him right at the sideline. I mean, there was no window for it. He makes really nice downfield throws for a guy with accuracy issues. I mean, it's not like Jimmy missing Kyle Juszczyk in Tennessee. He makes some throws where you're like, whoa, what an arm. They said 45 yards in the air. Is that accurate? Or is it sounds right. I mean, it's hard to judge it, but it's, it, it was a wow. Yeah, and hopefully they'll put it out on Instagram later or whatever so you can see it. Because Do you remember Jimmy making? I'm trying to think of Jimmy's ever hit a 45 yards. Throw, not even in practice. It's just a yeah. constant stream of 5, 10, 15-yard throws all the time. Good for him. But, I mean, the, the, the book is out. Tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fun to watch Trey Lance come to practice and do this stuff. It's not like he's trying to just get by. He's right. attempting very difficult throws. Yeah. He's making a lot of them. So I'm not concerned. Right. Yeah, I'm not concerned at all either. The Jedi says, why is everyone surprised the first-year starters having ups and downs? How is this news? We predicted these issues uh, when they didn't start him last year. True. Yeah. True. Jacqueline Knox, thank you. One dollar. Appreciate you. Um, she says Trey is doing okay to be a rookie. We gotta give him time. I thought today was his best day. He hasn't had a lights out, I'm a Hall of Famer day, but I don't think we're gonna expect that anytime soon. Yeah, and the pass rush, from my understanding, has been really, really good. And again, this whole 11 on 11 with no pads is kind of a joke. It's so heavily slanted towards the defense, if you think about it. It's hard to block someone, let alone maintain the block. You can't grab anything. So, like, play action, that's not going to work. Everyone is in the backfield by the time the quarterback turns around. That's going to change when the pads goes on. Let's see how he does. I mean, these kids in high school, they do these seven-on-seven AAU things. They never do 11-on-11. It's kind of – the only time you see 11-on-11 no pads is in the NFL training camp. And it's like in the past, it used to be like a day or two, and then pads went on. Now it's four or five days because they're all just like, let's not get hurt. And I get it. But I mean, this is the kind of stuff that your this is what your offense looks like during that yeah. time. And again, when, when Trey was playing really well in minicamp and OTAs, it was about 50 50, 11 on 11s and seven on sevens. And he was lights out in seven on sevens, mm-hmm. which is, you know, of course, there's no pass rush. There's also no scrambling. Uh, there's no play action. There's no moving out of the pocket. So it has its own set of difficulties. Let's talk about Jimmy G. Our boy Marco Martinez, who's plugged in, says yeah. that he hears. The Giants are are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, they have a new coaching staff. They they brought in Tyrod Taylor, but they inherited Daniel Jones. We don't know how they feel about Daniel Jones. No one really seems to like Daniel Jones. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, he seems like he's headed toward being a backup, and he's their starter now, apparently struggling. Maybe. Do you think the Giants might actually trade for Jimmy to be their starter? I was thinking they could trade Tyrod Taylor for Jimmy. Would They might maybe trade Daniel Jones for Jimmy and the Niners could have Daniel Jones as their backup or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see, I, I personally would rather see uh, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Me too. Um, you know, but I think honestly, Jimmy is probably better than both those guys. So I could see giants having an interest in them. If I'm a GM, you know, we've talked about this the last several shows. 
I'm still not trading for Jimmy. I think the longer this goes on, the more likely he's going to be released. But again, you know, these GMs, they have special relationships. So maybe they're making a very, you know, friendly trade agreement. Maybe that's what they're working on. I know his agent is, uh, according to Marco, his agent has been speaking with the Giants and they are interested in him. So we'll see. I mean, it could be a good fit for Jimmy. Uh, seeing Jimmy with a New York fan base was definitely going to be interesting if they thought the, the Niner fan base was rough on him. <laughs> Wait till New York gets a hold of him. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's doing so poorly the Giants are almost considering starting Tyrod Taylor. And if you're considering starting Tyrod Taylor, that's just one step away from considering trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess. Yeah. Um, but again, like, there's no urgency to win for a first-year coach, although it's New York. So that's, a, that's yeah. from what I understand, it seems like most coaches get a three year window, but in New York, it could be two. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe he feels like let's get Jimmy Garoppolo in here. And, uh, he has he was with the Patriots when Jimmy was there. Joe, no, excuse me, who is the coach there right now? Uh, I'm tripping. two years, he came here two years ago, right? Oh, they still have Joe Judge. Oh, Brian Dayball is Brian Dayball. Okay. So it's Brian Dayball. He comes in. He he was from Buffalo with Josh Allen, Harris, Daniel Jones. He's no Daniel Jones. Okay. All right. D- did Brian Dayball have any? Hold on. Brian Dayball. Look, this is very uh, high tech stuff. He was with New England. Oh, there he you was go. their tight ends coach from 2013 to 2016. Boom. There you go. Familiarity. And Mark, you know, uh, the, Niners, the Niners are much more willing to to send Jimmy to New York than they are to Seattle, even though. If I'm the Niners, I don't care if he goes to Seattle personally, but I know the Niners probably are more comfortable sending him across to the East Coast to New York than they are Seattle. If they trade him for Daniel Jones, they could say they could say they got a first round pick back for Jimmy. There you go. Yeah, well, I like the if they're gonna trade Jimmy, I like the idea of getting a quarterback back because um, Nate Sudfeld isn't good enough. He threw three picks today. That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah, which not good enough. Here? Okay. He might be a good like quarterback coach or a third string guy or someone to help in the meetings or with the film. I'm fine, there's a role for that. Not on the field. He's a quarterback. That's why I was surprised. That's surprised they gave him so much money in the offseason. Like very unnecessary. I know, extremely unnecessary. So Jimmy G to the Giants. If they get Daniel Jones back, fine. Although Daniel Jones isn't that great. Um, yeah. Let's talk about these running backs. It's kind of yeah. unclear how the Niners are going to reshuffle their carry distribution without Debo Samuel in the fold. I'm still skeptical that Debo Samuel is going to just disappear from playing running back because they tried that last year and they lost a bunch of games and had to do it by necessity. But, and the, th- the thing about, here's the thing. I love Elijah Mitchell. He's really good, but he can't hit the outside like Mostert did. And the reason Debo played running back is because Debo can. Debo's hella fast. That's a technical term. He's hella fast. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell's really good, but not hella fast. So Debo's yeah. not playing running back anymore. Who is the dude hitting the outside runs? You tell me. Oh, it's gonna be tough. I mean, supposed to be. It's got to be. It's got. It's, it's gonna have to be Debo. I mean, it might. I know they're gonna try to do Elijah Mitchell. Um, somebody said Trey Sermon was taking a lot of reps today. Man, he runs a four six. If anyone's gonna get to the edge, it's supposed to be Ty Davis Price. Yeah. He runs the four five. I, and I like him. He's decisive. He's big. He runs hard. I don't know if I see that, though. I don't know if he's going to be hitting the outside like that. And if he doesn't, then Debo, come on down. Learn to love playing running back, man. Sorry. And listen, if, if you want to win, you'll do it. If you if you 
if you want to make as much money as possible and it is a business you won't yeah i think it's going to have to happen i mean i don't know who they're going to replace it with i heard a yeah, Danny Gray and McLeod on some end rounds today. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, How did those guys look? Um, at that like part, I know Debo. Danny Gray. Like that, you said? No like Debo. they weren't Debo. Uh, Ray Ray better than Danny. Danny, when he moves, reminds me of a slower Marquise Goodwin. I'm sorry, I'm not really in on Danny Gray yet. He has two catches in camp, and when yeah. he, when he when it's not a deep ball, he catches it with his chest and it bobbles. When it is a deep ball, he's not getting it open that much. I mean, they keep trying to get him. To, like, they call deep passes to him every day. Not necessarily for anyone else. And um, he's caught one out of, like, four or five. I don't know. I'm skeptical it's early. Yeah, still like, uh, still young. It's like he just doesn't – like, Debo can do it. He can do that stuff because he's built like a running back and he runs hella fast. Like, Danny Gray is yeah. not built like a running back. Ray Ray is not built like a running back. They're little. I don't know. Yeah, those anyway. those compact guys like Debo, he's not the sh like super short or anything, but he's built like a bowling ball, and you he know is. he's really really those guys are really hard to tackle. I mean, I only played football in high school, but I remember trying to tackle guys like that, and uh, it was rough. And it feels like his the speed he generates in the first ten yards is extraordinary. Yeah, it seems like it. I I, I want to see if I know Mitchell can't do that. He's good, but that's not his game. The whole reason that Debo is doing that is because he could do it. None of the other running backs can't. So they drafted Ty Davis Price, and he ran mm -hmm. a four or five, or, or or better, I think. I haven't seen the burst on the field yet. Let's see it in a, in a preseason game. I, I watched the, the tape. It looked like he was doing a lot of between the tackles running in college. Doesn't mean he can't do it, but if he can't, Debo, you got to do it. It's in, it's because all the best blockers are on the edge. Trent Williams, McGlinchey, Kittle, Usechek. You know, those are your strongest blockers. If you have any running back with a little juice, you can get four or five yards without getting touched. So who do you, who do you who's your one, two, three right now? Well, uh, it's not that way in camp because in the first week it's all seniority, but I think it's going to shake out. They're going to hope that it's Mitchell and Ty Davis Price. I think they're hoping that Ty Davis Price can take the Debo role. He's okay. the same size. He's the same height, weight, speed as Debo. But there's a certain, like, playing speed – that's not that's different than time speed. Debo has it. I don't know that Ty Davis Price has it. We'll see on that. I guess yeah. I'm just curious. And we'll see more when the pads come on too. That's a different. All right. That's a different thing. I think Kyle had a good quote. He was talking about, um, you know, when guys know they're going to get hit, which you don't see until the until preseason games. You know, sometimes you'll see differences, right? When they know they're not going to get hit, they run one way. When they know the hit's coming. Yeah, they may run a different way. So we'll see more in the preseason games. I, I think Ty Davis Price should do really well when it comes to that. He seems like he's got that um, contact courage that Debo has, that he's going to run hard like that. Again, I just want to see, can you get, can you take advantage of the Kittle block? Yeah. Because Mostert could, Debo could. And if any, anyone that can just averages like six yards of carry by default. Sorry. Yeah. Big Flav says practice means zero. QBs throw balls they never would in a game. If Trey proves he can win, no one will care about his practices. Trey gets better going against RD, more concerned. The opposite isn't true. So he's, he means like if he was being too cautious. In the first the first practice, I was going to ask you next time we talk, but it seemed like he, that changed the next day. But I was a little concerned that he was being too cautious as well. Maybe that's what Flav's talking about. But uh, In the first practice, it was a little bit of like, you know, just get through the day. I yeah. see what he's saying. I wouldn't say practice means zero, though, but I, I yeah. it requires a ton of context. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Just trying to ruin my entire money-making operation, Flav. It means a lot. <laughs> Tune in every day. 
All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the offensive line. Um, they're searching. But today they got their offensive tackles back. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey. I mean, one's solid, one's great. That's important. What's the rest of the offensive line going to look like? Uh, so far, every single day of camp, they've had the same guards, which is surprising to me. Banks on the left, Burford on the right. I wasn't expecting that. And then at center, they keep switching off Brendel and Brunskill, but it seems like Brunskill's probably going to get that job. So my best guess as to what this offensive line is going to be week one barring injury is Trent Williams, left tackle, Aaron Banks, left guard, who's actually holding his own. Brunskill at center, who's a solid guard. I think he's holding his own at center. We'll see Burford uh, to be determined and McGlinchey, who actually so, did pretty good today. So, so my biggest questions are Aaron Banks and Burford. Can you talk about what you're seeing from those guys? Uh from Banks, he seems to be holding his own. I haven't focused in like solely on him, but I haven't seen the left side of the offensive line get caved in when when there's pressures coming from the right side. Generally, Jalen Moore, who wasn't playing with the starters today, and Spencer Burford. I know they like Burford. He's really young. And I'm a little skeptical that a uh, 22-year-old left tackle can play right guard as a rookie in this league, but maybe he can. He'll get a shot. I mean, he'll get a shot. McKivitz will get a shot. Everyone will get a shot. He's getting the first shot. He may end up being their starting right guard next year. I think he'll probably be it next year, maybe this year. But that's the biggest question. Right now, it seems like Banks and Brunskill may end up being solid. They may – like solid being, like, acceptable. Yeah, from what I've heard, Banks has definitely improved over last year. So that's a good sign. And Burford, he's probably out of everyone remaining, out of everyone fighting for that right guard spot. He's probably the best athlete. Um, I would imagine it seems like um, so, you know, pulling for the guy, but you know, he's definitely very young. So, you know, we, before this all started, we were really concerned with the offensive line. Are you still concerned with the offensive line or, or do you feel better about it or where you're, what are your feelings? Um, I'm still concerned. It's it, I think McGlinchey's outing today was encouraging in that he played a lot for a guy in his first practice back he was in the he was on the field with the first team offense and 11 11s a lot not every play but more than half it felt like and he was going up against bosa and holding his own you know like he looked like mike mcglinchy if they could just get pre-injury mike mcglinchy that's solid um i still need to see more from <laughs> those three guys in the middle like banks you're looking good right now that's great burford you're having some ups and downs. that's great what's it going to look like when you get singled up on aaron donald that's good because yeah. that happened twice a year in this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Brunsville actually held his own, but now he's playing center. What's that going to look like? How are snaps going to be over? You know, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's reason to be encouraged at all three of those interior spots, but still big questions. And Brunsville stayed after with Trey Lance to work on snaps. Good. Yeah. Good. Needs yeah. to because Brendel so, is not. Brendel seems like a great backup center. Yeah. Well, the fact great. that Brunt School is doing that, it may not mean anything, but it maybe it does mean something that he's leading leading the way. You know, I don't think Trey Lance knowingly would would take extra snaps with someone who's not going to be under center. So, uh, it may be a good sign for Brunskill. Maybe if he if he plays center well, he gets himself a second contract with this team because it seems like they're prepared to let him go next year. They have so many guards that they've drafted that could take mm -hmm. his place, and they haven't given him an extension. He got one year left in his deal, but if he could play center at a high level. They need that. What, what have you seen anything from the uh, his name slips me right now? The rookie center that we drafted, or we didn't got an, uh, as a Donovan uh, West? undrafted, undrafted Donovan yeah. West. 
Yeah, he's been the center with the third team. He, he looks good so far. Um, he looks fine so far. When the pads go on and they do one on ones, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna chart every single rep and put it in a spreadsheet. Maybe not a spreadsheet, spreadsheet. but I'm gonna. Yes. Shout out to the spreadsheet. Me and him have been having some good conversation. He's a good guy. Good. That's great yeah, to he's, hear. He's cool. Uh, <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to spreadsheets in general and Microsoft Excel. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's the configuration of the line. Uh, I'm curious. I know who I think is the best player in camp. I think it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Based on what you're reading, who is your sense of who the best player in camp is? I've heard a lot of opinions. Um, I find it hard to believe that he's the best. That's great to hear he's doing good. But I'm there's what I'm hearing and what I probably would guess. What I'm hearing is it's uh, Charvarius Ward from multiple people. What I would guess is Keanu Reeves. Nick Bosa is probably the best guy out there. <laughs> yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. It is definitely Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Bosa. Um, I like Traverius Ward. He picked off a pass today and tipped one that got picked off. He's really good. Yeah. But um, Bosa is so good that they essentially can't practice with him on the field unless the Niners have their starting offensive tackles out there. Like today, it seemed to me, I could be wrong, but every time I looked up, when Trent Williams and McGlinchey were on the field, which was like 50 to 60% of the time, Bosa was out there. When those two sat down, because they had it was their first time practice of the, uh, the offseason, Bosa sat down. Because as they saw the last few practices, what is the point of even trying to execute a play when you have Colton Kivitz blocking Nick Bosa? I mean, you might as well – you know what's going to happen on this play. It's going to get blown up immediately, and the quarterback's going to run around. It's going to be – you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. So he ruins practices. He's that mm-hmm. good. He, you almost have to sit him down just so other people can do the thing. Yeah, I, I've had – you know, when I coached basketball, I, I had two players that were just by far better than everybody else. I just, just sit them. Like, go sit down. You know, go yeah. shoot free throws on the side because no one else can even practice. They're not getting better. It's just you. You are the show. And it sounds like that's what Bosa is. I mean, the guy is, a, is phenomenal. So I don't mean to just make fun of him. I apologize if he saw me <laughs> kick my ass. So – I just want to say uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear Nick Boza being Nick Boza. It's good to hear Charverius Ward's doing good. And uh, Emmanuel Mosley, I've heard, is doing really well as well. He is. Mosley might even be better doing better than than Ward. They're both doing really well. Haven't faced Debo yet. I just want to say it's interesting. Bosa to me, just ruined day two of camp. He was a, a wrecker. Then the next morning, I was like, hey, Kyle, do you ever just consider sitting Debo and saying, like, hey, man, go get a cup of water. You're great. We need to yeah. practice football now. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. That day, Bosa didn't practice. And then today, Bosa was really only out there when Trent Williams and McGlinchey were. So I want to say, Kyle, I want, I'm want i on the salute. I'm on the same page as you on that. Good call. Yeah. That guy's going to make a lot of money next year. All he has to do is stay healthy. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing for him. But, yeah, man, he is uh, – if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. And yeah. I said the Niners shouldn't draft him. So, hey, I was wrong. <laughs> there you go. All right, it let's happens. talk about – Let's talk about Javon Kinlaw. He made his training. He made his offseason debut today. He was on the field with the starting defense. Uh, rep one. He had a bunch of snaps out there against the run and the pass. I mean, my initial impression of him is that he looks like he's in the best shape he's been in since he's been on this team. And I think That's people correct. have seen pictures of him. Like, he looks like he's six. I've already guessing. 6'6", 3'15", like 8% body fat. Like he looks 
there's no question about his work ethic, his strength, all of it. I mean, it seems like he's got he's the prototype for what you want in a mm. defensive tackle. He just needs his knee to agree with him. And yeah. from what I understand, today it did. But I guess really the test with him is, you know, will he be there Monday? Will he be there yeah. Tuesday? Will he be there Wednesday? And if he can just keep stacking days like that, I think everyone in the organization feels like it's going to work out for him. And I wouldn't bet against him. It's just I haven't seen him do that since his rookie year. So today was a very good day for him and the 49ers for sure. I just really hope he stays healthy because honestly, like there's not really any question about his size, his athleticism, his talent, his skills, like his potential. His desire, all of it. There's no it's question. All there. Yeah. Yeah. The one yeah. question is the thing that they saw at the combine. And I guess they made it worse in that game against Dallas. I guess there was an incident in this game against Dallas and he needed an ACL reconstruction. That's serious. seems serious. But at the same time, he's still young. If he can get this worked out, I think he's going to be good. And they need him because all of a sudden they don't have Armstead. They don't have Hurst. They don't have Ridgeway. Yeah. They have him and Kevin Givens and Robert Kimdiche. I was worried about DJ Jones leaving, honestly. Um, but you know, Kinlaw seems like he could definitely be an upgrade. If he if he's healthy, he might be an upgrade for sure to to DJ Jones. Could be. And it's like, but right now it seems like with Kinlaw, the pressure isn't necessarily being an upgrade. It's just being there. Because, yeah. you know, Hurst ain't there. Ridgeway's not there now. It's like well, they're thin at that position and um in the wide nine, if you're thin at the D tackle spot, it can undo everything. Anyway, good first day for big Mook Dog. James Rodriguez, thank you very much. Play Mook Dog is the best nickname. I don't know what it means, but I think I do. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what it means, but I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get the point. I think I get it. Flay yeah. says, you think Shan changed the press conference time to the morning solely because he didn't want to have to answer questions about Trey after practice if he didn't have a good one? Yes! <laughs> Flav, now me and Flav are on the same page right here. By next day, it's old news. Yes, absolutely. That's how coaches talk. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And what's funny is, so Lance had a bad day, day two. He spoke right after, not Kyle. And he was defensive. Like, you know, it was a good day. It's practice. It's what we're here for. You know, it's not all about me. People got good reps. Fair. Uh, next day, Kyle. Yeah, it was a good practice. I really liked it. A little defensive there, huh? A little defensive there, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's funny is they sent out the initial schedule for the for the training camp, and he was talking after practice, how he always does. Then a couple of days later, it was revised, and it was like before, like oh, that's tough because people, a lot, most people don't live in San Jose that cover the team. You got to drive down there, be there by nine fifteen. You're anyway. also you're also giving him twenty four hours to think about how he's going to respond to questions that he probably knows is coming. So that's another advantage. Yeah. And he can also say, like, if you ask about, like, a specific bad play from the red, he could be like, man, that was – I don't even remember. That was yesterday. Yeah. 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 You could say stuff like that. I know Harbaugh would. Yeah. It's strategic. And the thing about coaches is they orchestrate every little detail of the game and the practice. You don't think they think that way with the media? Of course they do. Oh, they yeah. think they're meditated. Yeah, they do. They do. All right. Um, the number two tight end spot. This is interesting to me because it's been Dwelly for a while. Last year it became Charlie Warner, but this offseason he had core muscle surgery, which is very serious. And I haven't seen him one day 
So I don't know what's up with him. I wouldn't necessarily expect that he'll, he might be on pup to start the season or the whole freaking who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know how they're going to use Kittle anymore. He's getting older. Do they want to save him for the for the postseason? Are they going to manage his snaps? Is he going to get 150 targets? I don't know. Sleeper. Jordan Matthews. Mm. Yeah. He's been working to try to transition from wide receiver to t- tight end for years. I don't know if he can block, but he can catch, and he's making big plays uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Jordan Matthews, sleeper. Yeah, you know, I, I'm excited. I Personally, I like tight ends that are more like, you know, receiver heavies, like uh, Travis Kelsey. Like those those are the type of tight ends I like more than just a blocking tight end because you can put an extra lineman on the field to do that for you. That's what you really want to do. You know, um, having Jordan Matthews transition from receiver to tight end is super exciting because he's going to be able to run routes. He's got speed. He's got hands. Uh, I like that. And, you know, if you have, you know, Ross Dwelly in there, you know, there's a bigger guy. So if those are your three tight ends you know that's a strong group and you know from what i've seen george matthews he's definitely he's probably he could possibly be more explosive than kittle on on certain routes so um it's exciting to hear you know hopefully that is the case yeah i mean i don't know if they'd keep him as a number three tight end but if they keep four tight ends i think they might keep him they it just seems like two years ago they had jordan reed on the team remember jordan reed yeah yeah he was kind of washed. It was his last year, and he he was still a good receiver. He caught a bunch of passes that year, but he was not a blocker. Like, they put him on the line sometimes, but he wouldn't even pretend. So if they would, if they were cool with him, yeah, I couldn't imagine that he was that much better of a blocker than Jordan Matthews. I think Jordan Matthews might actually try. I didn't see Jordan Reed try. Sorry, Jordan, if you're watching, but <laughs> two, I, I don't forget. Two years ago, I didn't like your effort yeah. on those. <laughs> Sorry. Jordan Matthews, I got, I, I got another question, not a tight end question, but I got another question for you. I really, it's, it's, uh, all right. Can you, can you tell me about um, the receivers? I know Ayuk's doing, doing okay, doing his thing, but like, is there anyone else jumping out at you? I know we got Debo, got Ayuk. I'm a little concerned about the wide receiver positions. That's why I'm asking if one of those two guys goes down, who's your, who's your, who's your next option? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like Debo and Ayuk are a terrific starting tandem. And I think Juwan Jennings is a good, maybe maybe that's strong, but a good number three wide receiver, a, a solid number three wide receiver. He's not a number two. He's a slot he, possession yeah. receiver. Yeah, And he's been a number two all offseason because Debo's not there. So yeah. that's the thing. I don't think they, they're not built. They don't have depth at wide receiver. They want to yeah. have depth. They brought in Danny Gray and Ray Ray. Those guys, you know, Ray Ray's a good number four wide receiver. Danny Gray look, right now looks like, I don't know what, like, like a rookie that got yeah. drafted, like not a contributor yet. Yeah. So they need Debo and Ayuk and Jawan Jennings to be healthy because they're all good in their roles. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm hoping that we can get rid of Jimmy and we could add a free agent receiver uh, or something, because I'm, I'm concerned about that position. I think between the interior offensive line, the receivers and Trey Lance, those are the three positions where I have the biggest questions heading into this, season i think trey lance will be fine you know the offensive line i think they'll be okay but if we lose a receiver particular Ayuk or debo uh, that concerns me quite a bit so i'm hoping we can add a free agent receiver or that one of these younger guys steps up have you seen anything from tay martin no, no. i haven't seen him catch one pass um wow. okay. now again when the pads go on they'll do one-on-ones he'll get up i'll be able to look at him 
directly. Right now, I'm like, well, if you didn't catch a pass in 11 on 11s, I didn't see it. But he might have been open. So that th- th- there'll be another moment of truth for him. You can't just judge undrafted rookies by whether or not they're getting balls in team drills because maybe they didn't get the call, in the, the play yeah. call. So haven't seen anything yet. I wouldn't write him off yet. But I, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I number. I know his number is 83. I'm looking. I'm waiting. Yeah, he's a big body. So he is. You know, he it'd is. Be nice if he would. Uh, you know, make an well, impact. A lot of time. I, I like the one-on-one drills. I know it's not real football, but it's a moment of truth. You and another professional player, who comes out on top? It's fun to watch. I like it. Well, this is my third basketball coaching reference for the day. I apologize to everybody watching, but we do one-on-one drills in practice, and it's it's one of the most revealing drills that you can do. And I think the exact same thing for football. When are the one-on-one drills supposed to happen? Well, I mean, as soon as the pads go on, really, like, usually the way they do is they'll be seven-on-sevens. Well, not even. They could do seven on sevens with the offensive alignment and defense alignment doing one on ones on the other field, or they could have the entire team doing one on ones at once. So they'll mm-hmm. have the quarterback split up. Although I don't know if they have enough quarterbacks to pull that off this year, but they could have uh, wide receivers and corners against each other on one field, O line, D line on another field, and then linebackers and safeties against running backs and tight ends on a third field, which sucks because as a as a yeah. journalist, you got to pick one. Yeah. Or maybe pick one and keep your eyes peeled for another, but it's hard. Uh, you can't really see everything. So I usually go to the one where people hit each other. It's human nature. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're hitting each other over here and they're 300 pounds. Like I can't not watch that. Yeah. Three yeah. cameras. That's what it's. It, yeah, yeah, I wish. It's the most violent part of camp. So mm-hmm. in a sense, it's the most revealing. Although those wide receiver cornerback stuff, like is very important. The fact that AJ Jenkins could never win. That's all you needed to know. There's no way you're going to win in a football game if you can't beat undrafted rookie free agent corner in a one-on-one drill, man. Come on. Yeah. Put, put everybody one-on-one with everybody, and you and you can just look at it, track the numbers, and it reveals everything, honestly. Yeah, it does. Khalil yeah. says, I think we see more picks by Trey now because Kyle is telling him to try things and to get a feeling for passes that he might not throw in a game. I'm starting to get a feeling that Kyle is the kind of coach who's like, hey, here's the call. Here's going to be the coverage. I want you to go here. Here's the call. 85% is going to be covered three. I want you to go here. And that's why I think that's why you see Jimmy, Mullins, Hoyer, Bethard, now Trey forcing these passes. You're like, dude, what were you looking? How did you not see that? Well, maybe it was like Kyle was like, you're dead to me if you don't throw this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he's telling him exactly where to pass. I mean, that's kind of. Fits the bill. Yeah, man. Because sometimes, like Jimmy would do something. I was like, dude, do you are you are you blind? How did you not see that? But then Trey's done that three days in a row, and I'm like, wait a second, this is yeah. What is the common denominator here? And again, if you look at Kyle's record, go to coaching record. Kyle Shanahan, look at his offenses interception percentage. It might just be a side effect. You know, like like the Kyle Shanahan offense if it's a commercial it's like oh big plays do you need big plays in your life do you want points great we have the offense for you side effects include lots of interceptions game crippling turnovers it's like that might just be you know what i'm saying yeah. it looks good in yeah. it looks good on on uh sports center it gets people got, paid but you know what i want to see from kyle man more than anything this is another subject i apologize if i'm taking too no, much time it. here today but Kyle Shanahan, I need to see a, a, a top-notch top notch offense. We haven't seen a top-notch offense from Kyle Shanahan since he was the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. So, like, we need to see that 
this year. That That's important for me. It's true. I mean, he's really been surviving based on defense. Yeah. The offensive really. genius is just surviving based on defense. And, and it again, sounds like the defense is stronger this year so far. So I'm, I'm curious. You said like you'd like to see them bring in another wide receiver. Dude, they signed a guy and drafted a guy. And when I say they, Kyle did. Ray Ray and Danny Gray. Those are his guys. And so far, I'm like, I mean, cool backups, definitely solid backups. But what if someone gets hurt? Can't have Ray Ray start. Can't have Jawan. Now, Jawan would start. But he runs like a 4 7. It's not a starting wide receiver. That's a nice part time player in rotation. Would you, would you sign OBJ? No. <laughs> no, this team yeah. runs the ball so much. He wouldn't. He would not want. It. He would hate it. He would freaking hate it on this team. I would think. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think so. But I, I like what you, I like what you're thinking. Yeah. There got to be about, another option. Isn't there like Ty Hilton? Isn't he out I there? Like I like Ty. Yeah, I think he's available. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Ty was great with Andrew Luck. I liked him. Can he still run? Yeah. Is he? Does he always hurt? Always hurt? I don't know. Where's the shot? I don't know. We'll they see. had Tavon Austin at camp last year. Why not Ty Hilton? Right. Give it a shot. Lucky Louise says, is it true the Chargers laughed at Jimmy last year? That is true. Jimmy was on it. Now, now maybe the, the Vikings will laugh at Trey this year, but Jimmy was on an interception bender last offseason, and he took that down to Costa Mesa, started throwing picks in the end zone, and there was a lot. I, he threw one right in front of their bench, and they all just started laughing. And I remember hearing some players being like, man, they're paying those boys too much in San Francisco. All right. Yeah, I think like when a player intercepts a guy making 120 million, they're like, "Man, give me that check. Give me a tenth of that. Give me some of that. Who is this guy?" Right. Press conference process. What's the name of the reporter who thought Elijah? I'm not saying he. I'm not saying it could happen to anybody. And I wasn't there for it. I left to fill my practice report. But damn, that (laughs) that guy must be having a bad day. That's but it happens. One time. One time, uh, my, my first year on the beat, I asked Greg Roman a question about Darren Sproles thinking the Niners were facing the Saints that week and they were facing the Ravens. So he answered the question like, yeah. And he was like, what is this guy talking about? And that was mortifying. So, yeah, it, it happens. happens. You know, it happens. Reporters make mistakes, just like it, quarterbacks sometimes yeah. throw interceptions. And uh, I think it's another thing, Grant, I think it's really important to reiterate that Jimmy Garoppolo threw five consecutive interceptions in training camp. So people can relax about Trey Lance throwing a couple here and there. Uh, I just think it's really important to reiterate that to everybody. Yeah, and I want to also reiterate the picks are coming on the throws over the middle. Two to, two to safeties, one to a linebacker. These are the Jimmy throws. The the 15-yard the in, in route, that's Jimmy's best throw. It's a big part of their offense. They got to know if Trey can do it. It's definitely not his strength right now. And mm-hmm. he's improving at it. He sticks it sometimes. Um, if he continues to struggle, they won't call it as much until he improves. So it's definitely something that they're determining whether they can use. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, we'll he can throw the hell out of the sideline stuff. Yeah. Really rough. How, how much time do you think uh, the first unit is going to play in his first preseason game? Less than two like weeks none. from now. Like none. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised that these starters don't play hardly at all. He was going on and on about it. They have like three games in 12 days. He's mm-hmm. pissed. But then also, after that third preseason game, apparently they have 17 days between that and, and week one. So what I'm thinking is they're not really going to 
install the Trey Lance offense in front of the media. They're just going to yeah. install the, like the basic stuff, and then they'll have 17 days to put yeah. in all the specific stuff that they don't want us to see. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's known for being vanilla during the preseason anyway, so it wouldn't True. surprise me if we don't see anything. True. And it wouldn't so be it wouldn't surprise me if week one we see a bunch of stuff that I didn't report on or see in camp. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Like, for example, I don't want to get too uh, – this isn't – I don't want to reveal too much, but yesterday I saw them – before they do 11 or 11s, they'll practice different things, install different things. They were working a lot of pistol. Now, they haven't done any pistol in 11 on 11s, but we know that's in the offense. Jimmy would line up in the pistol. There was the whole RG3 era. That's going to be here. They haven't shown it yet. They've practiced it, but they haven't shown it in the in 11 on 11. So get used to – like get ready to see things you haven't seen in a while. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This should be the most exciting season, whether, whether they do good or not. Uh, seeing Trey Lance out there, not Jimmy, is going to be nice for me personally. So, I, again, I wasn't at the press conference. Jawan didn't know what rapport means. Look, fair enough. Rapport is a terrible word. It's a French word. And it's one of these words that people only use in, in freaking football. Like, you never yeah. talk about your rapport with someone. It's like a relationship. or But in football, it's a rapport. I don't know what the hell a rapport is. Can you spell it? Can you use it in a yeah. sentence? Yeah, just say relationship. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. dumb word. Uh, so I don't I don't fault Jawan. Yeah. You not you don't have to know dumb words. It's a dumb word. Dumb word. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Ryan, fun show. Yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, man. I know you've been busy, so enjoy your are you taking a day off tomorrow. I mean, nah. <laughs> I'll be home. Yeah. I'll do a cone phone in the morning. Uh, but yeah, man, the grind goes on. It's football season, baby. We gotta, we gotta give yeah. these fans what they want. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Time to take some time out of your Saturday. Go enjoy yourself. I'll see you tomorrow.